Well, I have a Christmas dilemma. I don't know if you had this Christmas dilemma before. I'm not exactly sure when it started, but I know the first time I had it. I was just about 11 years old, and my mom wanted to do something super fun. See, we didn't have this Christmas dilemma earlier in life. When you were a kid, your, your Christmas consisted of writing on a wish list, putting it down, giving it to your parents, who sent it to St. Nick, and voila, you would have what you wanted. It was simple. It was magical. It was kind of awesome. But then, like I said, when I was 11 years old, something happened. Uh, My mom decided to get my dad a new suit. He'd gotten a promotion at work. She'd been saving money. And so we go down to the men's department store and we walk in the store and my little sister and I go in and there's my dad's suit. It's like in an invisible mannequin form. I'm not sure exactly how they did it at the time, but it was all fitted for him because he had kind of a unique build. Don't we all have kind of a unique build? But, But he had kind of a unique build and so it was there. My mom looked at it and she's like, okay, it's very nice. And then she turns to me, because we talked. I'm like, Mom, I've been getting an allowance for a few months. I'm pretty sure I can't afford the suit, but maybe I can buy something that would go along with the suit. So she turned to the store clerk, because we'd rehearsed. So she turned to the store clerk, and she's like, Sir, my son would like to buy something to go with the suit. Would you recommend anything? And he's like, well, I sure would. Why don't we go over here and look at these shirts? And so he pulls me over to these shirts, and my mom tells him the size, and we look at about 45 shirts, well, on the rack. But he pulls out four, and I quickly realize that the loose change and coins that are in my pocket are well, well below what the shirt is going to cost. So I'm like, that's kind of too much money. I can't afford that. And so he says, well, no problem. How about your mom buys the shirt? I didn't realize what he was doing there. Good salesman. Your mom can buy the shirt, and why don't you pick out a tie for him? I'm like, sweet, I can do that. I can do that. That's a, that's a good son gift to a dad, a new tie. Can you, you know, help me color coordinate them? So he brings me over to the ties, and there's, again, about 45 different ties, and he picks out four or five and shows them to me and says, any of these would be great with that suit and that shirt. And I pulled one up and I saw the price and I, 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 I said, I, I, can't, I can't afford that one either. And, uh, and the guy said, hmm, kind of a little perplexed, still pretty patient. Do you want to do a belt? Like, maybe I could do a belt. And so he took me over to the belts and there's only 25 belts. And after picking up two, I realized that I don't have enough for that either. So he turns to me and I'm like, I can't afford that. And he kind of looks down. And he's like, sir, how, how much money do you have? And I pulled out these loose change and dollar bills, and I'm like, I have $12.56. And he's like, oh, I have the best gift. I have the perfect gift. And he walks me across the store to the corner, and there are these socks all on display. Now, granted, I can't afford the fancy socks, but he pulls off this three-pack of gold-toed black socks, and he's like, these are fabulous. Three for $9.99, sir. This will be a great gift to go with your dad's suit. And there was my first Christmas dilemma, because the gift I wanted was not the gift I could afford. And now I'm stuck looking at this thing that I don't really want. 
and suddenly my wish list stopped working. You know, we all face these Christmas dilemmas, these situations where the gifts we want, they just cost too much, and we're not sure what to do when the wish list stops working. When we're making our lists or when we're shopping for things, when we're seeing things that we want, things that we desire, things that we think will fulfill the joys of somebody else or fulfill a need in someone else's life, we, we sometimes and far too often fail to recognize just how much that thing costs and we realize we'd spent a little too much time or a little too much money or a little too much of our resources in other places. And yet... The Christmas story teaches us how we can recognize the worth and the value of who Jesus is. We're going to Matthew chapter 2. And I invite you in these few moments to just stop. Stop and hear God's word in this moment. Thank you for coming. Thank you for sitting down on Christmas Eve to remember the true meaning of Christmas. But in this divine moment, would you ask God to help you recognize the gift that he is? Matthew chapter 2 says that after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who is born King of the Jews? We saw a star when he rose and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them, where is the child to be born, this Messiah? And he said, they said, in Bethlehem, in Judea. For this is what the prophets have written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for this child, and as soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may worship this child. After they had heard their king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures to him. They gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. You know, this, this story, these magi, says they're from the east, they're from the ancient lands, and they travel hundreds, if not thousands of miles on foot, and they likely come with a full military protection. One scholar notes that there's probably 300 people that are traveling with them. There's not any military that are in these countries. There's not really well-thought-out roads and things like that. There's a lot of, there's a lot of crime on these paths if they take the general routes, and so they need to be prepared. They need to be protected. 
So that, if that's true, that would explain why, you know, the Magi in their Macy's Day parade entourage that come into town would have roused the interests of all the people and of the king. What is exactly going on here? It would also potentially explain why they had no problem gaining an audience with King Herod. So as much as I love the Christmas carols and as much as I love the pictures, they probably were more than just three guys out for a camel ride. But if you really look at the facts, they honestly should never have recognized the value of who Jesus was and is. Number one, Jesus wasn't even born in their country, so he technically wasn't their king. They weren't Jewish people, so they weren't in the right religion, so he technically wasn't their God. And in fact, when they found him, he really wasn't much of a savior at all. It says that he was a child in an unimpressive house, in an insignificant village, and he certainly wasn't dressed like a king. In fact, he was probably just a toddler playing on the floor, the adopted son of a humble carpenter. Everyone in the stories misses who Jesus is, except for a few people. Luke tells us in his version that when Jesus was born, there was no room for him in the inn, and and yet there were shepherds that heard, and there's a few thousand angels, and then there are just these three guys. These are, these are the only people that recognize who Jesus is. Everybody else fails to recognize him. He goes unrecognized, if you will. I don't know if, how often you use the word unrecognized. You know, I have three friends whose birthday are today. Let's just say their birthdays go a bit unrecognized unrecognized, to not be able to understand or to not be able to see the true value of something. So how are the Magi able to recognize the value of Jesus? Well, as I see this, I think they spent time recognizing who he is. They spent their resources recognizing who he is. First of all, they spent time mentally, intellectually, studying the stars, studying the prophecies. There are over 300 prophecies from the Old Testament that tell about the Messiah. In fact, two of their prophets, at least two, I'm thinking of Daniel and I'm thinking of Jeremiah, were actually wise men in the East, in their time, who wrote about Jesus They not only spent time intellectually, though, they spent time physically traveling this distance. They spent time physically falling down on the floor, like in worship of Jesus. They spent time emotionally interacting with Jesus, interacting with this study of the Messiah. Because once they start reading about them, they feel compelled to go visit him. They feel compelled to discover him. And it says that they rejoiced when they found him. It says that they, they had such courage, they would even disobey the local king and go a different way. Not only the, the intellectual, the physical, and the emotional, but it says they spent their finances not only funding the trip, but then giving these hugely expensive gifts. Gold. Gold was a gift for a king. Frankincense. Incense was this sweet-smelling fragrance that the priests would offer up 
to God, symbolizing how their prayers went up to God. And finally, myrrh, this scented ointment that was used for sacrifice and burial. Not super practical gifts. I've heard if the wise men would have been wise women, they would have come early, asked for directions so they got there early, baked a casserole, and changed all the diapers and made sure everything was fine. But these are actually gifts that fund Jesus' trip to Egypt that he's about to take. Not only that, they teach us about the value of who Jesus is. And if we really, really want to worship Christ on Christmas, we've got to accept who Jesus is. Because we need a God, a King, and a Savior. First, John 1 tells us this, that Jesus was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to those which were his own, but even they didn't recognize him. Yet, to all who did recognize him and receive him, those who believed in his name, he gives the right to become children of God. The invitation's open for anyone if we really will see and recognize the value of Jesus, who he is. He's God. He gives us Jesus as God, as this person that lived a perfect life, who intercedes for us like a priest, and really is called Emmanuel, God with us. The gift of incense, symbolized by that. Not only that, we need to see him as the king, the ruler, the one who would come, the one who would establish the right kingdom on earth. We need someone to lead us. Gold is the gift symbolized. But more than that, we are, need to see Jesus as Savior. As the one who would sacrifice his life so that we could have true life. Myrrh, the burial spice, sacrificed or known in this gift. And here's the dilemma that we find ourselves in. When we truly understand who Jesus is, that he is king and God and savior, there's a whole lot of people that say, I can't afford it. I spent my resources in other places. And we can't get a discount, Jesus. We can't just say, I'd like the king and the God part, but can you leave off the savior part? I'm not really interested in that. We can't say, I'll take the Savior and the God part, but, but don't tell me what to do. We, we have to see him as King and God and Savior. So what do we do if we have spent all our time, all our money, all our resources in other places, and we don't think we can afford this gift? Well, what would you do now? If you love someone, don't you go to lengths to find a way to get the gift. If you can't afford the gift, then you sell something. You try and do it in any way, shape, or form. If, the, if you know someone's going to get you a gift and you know it's going to be good, you're like, oh, 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 I know. I'll do a gift exchange. Well, why can't we do a gift exchange with Jesus? Just hear me out for a second. 
If Jesus offers us himself as our king, the one who will lead us, and our God, the one who will intercede for us, and our savior, the one who will give his life for us, and we have nothing to give, then what if we gave our life in response to him? We do a gift exchange. He gave his life for us, so we give him ours in response. And that is how we can have true life. That is how we can worship Christ at Christmas, no matter what we can afford, because none of us have been perfect. None of us have enough gold. None of us are as wise as the wise men. And yet, in this time, he offers us redemption. He offers us grace. He offers us peace. And he offers us life. And all we have to do is believe in his name and receive him as our God and our King and our Savior. Do you do that? Do you give your life as a gift exchange this Christmas? Would you pray with me? Jesus, I thank you. I thank you because I can't even comprehend what it would mean to leave the perfection of heaven and put yourself as God in a baby, helpless and dependent, in a world that by and large failed to recognize you, failed to give you what you're worth, failed to see what you're worth, and yet you say to all who do recognize you and receive you by believing in your name, you give us the, the privilege of becoming children of God. Lord, we want peace We want freedom. We want joy. And we know that the only way to have that is to do a gift exchange with you. So would you take our life in yours?